get your content written up ahead of time so you can be reactive because social is amazing when it's live when it's alive if you've got the your base level content scheduled you don't need to think about what you're hitting in terms of your sales marks hello and welcome to brandtuned the show for entrepreneurs where we discuss personal and business brands to give you ideas and inspiration to stand out win business and be heard in a noisy world. I'm Shireen Smith, lawyer, author and curious business owner, keen to uncover what moves the needle in branding. Topics I explore include how the brand impacts your success, how to design a brand that has legally distinctive visual elements and works so you reach success and have more time or more money or less stress. I also explore the role of intellectual property and brand protection and monetizing your brand using franchising or licensing. Subscribe to find out more. You know, it struck me recently just how much I need to write in order to develop my thinking or to take action. If there are people who can actually think everything through first in their heads and then write or act on their thoughts, then I'm definitely not one of them. How this plays out for me is that, for example, I wrote the first draft of my forthcoming new book, sent it off to a development editor, and before I even received her feedback, I'd already decided that this is not the book I want to write. It just wasn't right. It wasn't going to make the impact I want it to make in the world. So I started again from scratch. I've been able to use portions of the first manuscript, but on the whole, most of the content of the new manuscript is completely different. In a similar way, I'm rethinking this podcast. How should I tweak it? It's so easy to make adjustments to a podcast as you go, and my ideas have been developing as I've done more and more episodes. But anyway, let's move on to today's episode with Kitty. My guest today is Kitty Newman of Trapeze Media, which provides social media management, paid ads, and email marketing services. Kitty, how did you get into what you do? Tell us a little bit more about your background. Well, I've been in digital marketing for the last 12 years, and I started working in online marketing when I just left um, working in a call centre in Brighton. So I think I was just 19 or something. Um, And I moved to London and started booking um, appointments for the people who ran a loyalty system, online loyalty marketing. Uh And then I got moved into the email marketing team within that company because I was um, quite hungry to progress yeah. sales and then started doing affiliate marketing within a finance world finance is really not my bag but mm-hmm. affiliate marketing was very interesting taught me lots of different elements of digital where you've got ppc and social was starting to kind of creep in there um 
then I left that job, moved into working for a social media agency and managed the um, campaign for Suffragette, the Pathé film, Pathé film Suffragette with Meryl Streep and Kerry Mulligan, which was an amazing um, thing to work on. And me and our team, we brought that, we ran that campaign and it won the Screen Award for that year. Um, and we also worked with various other brands in that in that agency. And then after that, I set up my own business. So I set up Trapeze Media um, four years ago. We're in our fifth year now. And mm. it's been a wild ride. <laughs> and <I've>, Has it? <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. It's been challenging ups and downs and hearing me say all of that now and like, oh, wow. Yeah, it, has, it really has actually. But um, and now so how did you get your first client? I mean, just did you already have some clients when you set up? Mm. So I was, I t- I left the job that I had at the uh, at the social media agency, and I took some time to myself. I didn't know what I was going to do. Actually, there's a friend of mine was quite pinnacle in my decision making. I I bumped into him on our bikes in Brighton. Uh, sorry, in London, and um. I just, both of my grandparents had died at the same time. So I got a little injection of money from them and decided to go traveling. I'd never been traveling before. I'd just gone from school to working and never had any time off. So I had three months and I went to Japan for a month and Morocco for two months. And in that time, I secured my first customer that was the same friend and his ice cream parlor in Camden called Marine Ices and that gave me enough confidence to do it because it covered my rent so I had my rent covered I knew that when I got back home I'd have my rent covered and to me that was sort of enough really I could probably get by as long as I had somewhere to live (laughs) so what were you doing I mean what did the job entail we, I was managing their socials, so I'd manage their Instagram. Um, we had a friend who's a photographer. We had he is still our friend, and um, Phil. And we went around Camden, took pictures of the ice cream in front of all the famous Camden landmarks, graffiti. We just got loads of like lush, bright pictures of the ice cream in front of Camden graffiti and rainy scenes as well and just really nice different ideas not like any other ice cream parlor um and we just started to post them out online writing the copy all organic at this point uh running influencer events for the for the parlor we did a um ice cream for breakfast day which was really fun invited lots of influencers down just sort of starting and doing as much as I could for them really to get noticed. What's your approach? Do you generally focus on just one channel for social media or do you cover all of the main platforms? As an agency we work on any on any platform but when we look at a new client we will definitely look at what's right for them. Um, if they are a real prolific um if, if there's a lot of content and there's a lot of um, opportunities, we'll happily manage as many social channels as you like for that. So TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, etc. Um, but 
it all comes down to the, your business, your objectives, where your audience is. If we're managing everything, then that's that's one thing. But if part of this management is coming from you or, your, or the client, if we're just doing a consultation, it will be around where do you find the the love for it? And I'd say it's better to focus on just Instagram and do it really, really well than spread yourself too thin and stop doing it. But I would always say as, as many channels as you can is, is always going to be good, but it's it's a very kind of very specific to whatever the account is. So for this particular client, you focused on Instagram and you really did everything, all the content, and they just got on with their business. While I was with them, while we were working with Marie Nices and Eddie, um, I managed to bring on a new member of the team to help with writing copy. And that was really when we started to kind of grow. We brought on freelancers to help support. So I was always very ambitious. And, you know, one client was was great but just covering the cost of rent wasn't gonna wasn't gonna cut cut it so we I went in and sold into a few new different companies um we started to build up our client base and then the um and the service for each partner would just be would always grow we're always we'd always give a lot to each account how did you manage to sell was it easy difficult to get new clients interesting my background has always been in selling (laughs) yeah I kind of grew up in a from a work perspective grew up in a call center I actually worked Mm. at Telegen in Brighton for two years and learned some real basic sales skills um I, I met you Shireen through the dent course and yes Daniel's just taken us through a sales course uh as part of that and I loved it. I mm. I love hearing about the kind of ways to put things across and the way to get people talking to you about their business. Mm. I don't I I don't see sales as some other people may see sales as convincing somebody else to take what you have. I see it as more of a finding out about what someone else does, where are their challenges what are they looking for help with and seeing what I can do to alleviate those challenges. So looking at those objectives, um, listing, I know what, I know now what to, what people are needing help with um, because we've been working with people and running their socials, managing their digital marketing for the last you know few years. And it's always the same sort of things. So, I love hearing their version of those things. And then I've got quite a clear idea about what I can do to help. How many times a day do you post for people or is that entirely optional for them well, to decide? it depends on budget. Uh, as our mm-hmm. standard service, we'll post every other day for someone um, on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook. Uh, Twitter will do twice a day, tweets twice a day. And that's our standard offering, really. Um, anything additional to that because we were developing unique content um we're writing copy uh, it's quite a lot to deliver so um that's our sort of standard that's what i would that's what i think is a minimum uh, one should be posting as a brand or an individual that's always been one of my concerns with social media management is that you know you hand over content creation to someone and you don't really know whether they're creating the right sort of content. How do you manage that to make sure 
the content is appropriate and that the client can vet it, if you like, before it's posted? Or don't they ever vet it? Nothing goes out without approval. So Uh we, in our setup period, so if you were to join Trapeze Media as a client, we would have a one-month setup period and during that one month we go through and audit all the channels look at what works run some reports and look at what your customers are engaging with and we'd also write two weeks worth of content in advance so within that month we'd give you those two weeks you'd then give us any feedback to sign off on then we're always working a week ahead nothing is getting checked up the day before we're always ahead of time and what that allows for as well is if the contract and the agreement is Um, is as such it means we can be very reactive within that space and I always recommend this to people who are managing their own channels is try and get your content written up ahead of time so you can be reactive because social is amazing when it's live when it's alive and when it's a sort of this vibrant living thing it's it's wonderful Um, and if you've got the your base level content scheduled you don't need to think about what you're hitting in terms of your sales mark, sales messages or your objectives. It's all going to go out. Um, so, yeah, everything's written ahead of time, signed off and scheduled. Are you engaging on behalf of the client as well or do you just provide the base and leave them to engage? No, we will do everything. We'll do a full managed service. We work with a lot of restaurants, hospitality, um, right. field questions and coming through. We, de- we develop frequently asked questions where we can just pull from those questions and uh, standard answers. Um, and we develop tone of voice for each brand. So we're very good. We've got a really amazing creative team at Trapeze Media now. And so our branding and tone that we tap into for each account is is really on the notes. It's really, it's, uh, I'm very proud of everyone. <laughs> so are they employees or uh, contractors, the people you have? Mm, everybody's freelance at the moment. So there's seven, uh-huh. seven of us in the, in the company and everyone's freelance and it's, it's great. Everyone seems to really love it. And it's great for me because people are going and finding their joy everywhere. It's not kind of, tied into well there's there's good and bad to everything isn't there but I can see the huge benefits of having a kind of freelance team people have worked I'd rather keep people for a long time so we've got Mm. considering we've only been around for four years oh well in our fifth year and Heather's been working with me for the last three three and a half years um and uh Joe's been working with me for a couple of years if people want to stay I I I I, longevity is very valuable to me and um so just because it's freelance doesn't mean that it's non um not long term sure yeah it's a good business model to have do you actually have offices and sit together or are they just in their own spaces yeah everyone's in their own space I would I did daydream about having an office where people could come in and sit and we could work together um but now with all of the uh new world we're in sure we're very lucky that we've been running in this way since day dot really because we haven't had to change we know how to work remotely the things I do wish I could do more of is that um 
joy that comes from interacting with people you get energy from other people especially mm. other people that are interested in the same things as you and everyone in the business is very passionate about what they do there's so much creativity there's writing there's video editing there's illustration there's analytical things and because everyone has their specialism they're very passionate and it's nice to be around that energy I think that's something that's that's often been a challenge but we do do things to kind of counter that um but I think that's something that's that's difficult to get remotely yeah especially creative work I think you definitely need to interact with other people Mm. or you just get used to it in the other way which I think is what some people are benefiting from now and some people are finding a real struggle um it's you know I don't think anything works just one way and I but it but but as your team grows as my team grows it's understanding that not everybody does work okay remotely in that way so yeah it's I'm quite conscious to kind of make the right environments in these remote situations which is interesting like for example we invited a goat onto our zoom we had like a zoom (laughs) hangout party thing what were you in a field or something? No, I paid. I paid this farm. This is like a thing that they do. Uh, this farm to join our Zoom with a goat, <laughs> and they just the guys thought that we were being hacked, and because I hadn't told them, and the goat just turned up because I sent them the link, and it was uh-huh. really funny, and it just opens things up a bit, and then different members of the team bring out different qualities and other people and knowing that I should step back a little and let people, you know, develop their own personalities and relationships on the zoom is very important as well. I think. Yeah. So you offer various services apart from social media management. Do you, what, what do you offer people? Do we do website design and development? Oh, right. We do SEO, search engine optimization. We run PPC ads. Uh, we manage email marketing. We manage paid advertising within social media. That's a real key element of what we do. Um, we'd, we sort of pride ourselves. I think because of my sales background, I'm very target driven. Um, and I pride myself on results from social. One of the big um, questions is around the worth and the value of social when it comes to sales because there's people want to be able to track that all the way through now I could you could debate forever about you know organic social and the brand awareness I mean from my perspective social media engagement and awareness is all a huge impact to those touchstones of making a decision so there's the research phase with your uh, customer. If you're, they might find you if they're looking for you, but if they follow you, they see you coming up and you're engaging with them, you're having good conversations with them. This is all organic. That's mm. all feeding into the decision-making process and the awareness. So we could debate about, you know, there's, uh, people love to debate with me about social at a party. <laughs> <laughs> what the value of it whether it's worth doing yeah the value and the um, I've always been convinced it's very valuable to yeah social media yeah I mean I find it hard to understand people when they can't see the value it's people everybody is on there all the time 
you want to be there you want to be there you want to be seen by your customers how you do that and how you put that across is up to you and I would say that if it's not been value of value to you so far you will be doing something in a you need to just improve what you're doing (laughs) um yeah and it's and and it's it's underestimated too in that it's hard work so it's so available to us it's considered something that anybody can do. And so within a within an organization, they'll give social media to a junior person as an add-on to their job. And that's where it falls down. There's strategy. You need to consider strategy within your social media. You need to consider your tone of voice, your messaging, your call to actions, your creative, your brand. And people give that to somebody thinking that it's easy. And that's where the difference is, I think. It can be done by a lot of people. But there's different elements to its um, to what's needed to make it work, and I think it can be done by most people. But it it takes time, and it also takes understanding of what all the other all the elements are, and you need to be on top of what's happening in the scene. So the better you are with, the more you enjoy social media, the more you will get out of it. And um, again, that's another one that gets me into debates. <laughs> <laughs> So what advice would you give someone who's trying to manage their own social media? Plan ahead. Try and keep to set time, time, um, keep your time management on point because you can get sucked in. Because I'm, I'm just a human. I'm the same as everybody else. I'll start scrolling through pictures of weddings, photos of friends that I made like 10 years ago and made like maybe met twice. <laughs> I'm like, hang on, why am I looking at this person's wedding photos? Oh, God, okay, right, stop. So I have to get out of that. But when I keep it really concise and to certain um, times of the day and I know what I'm, what my purpose is in this action, then it's very manageable. And also you want to plan ahead. So you want to write all your content in advance and you want to have clear, um, we call them content pillars. I know that's a, a phrase used by lots of people, but clear content pillars that you need to hit each month which really helps you sculpt your uh, what you're going to say and what you're going to get out there. The other thing I really like to think about, or the way I like to approach it, is if you think of yourself as a, as a journalist and think about your socials as the journalistic way of getting your story out there or how what, what would you dig around in with your brand and find the story from a journalistic point of view, don't think about it as a sales. I think that's where people come at a bit of a brick wall sometimes is they think, Mm -hmm. Oh, nobody's interested in, no one wants to know I'm selling this um, bag still. I don't know where I've, you know, I've got this bag to sell and people are bored of seeing this bag. It's like, okay, well dig a little bit deeper to what would a journalist do and how would they look at this bag? Would they look at where you've got the materials from? Would they look at, um, the maybe the countries oh I don't know I'm going off of a bit of a tangent but mm. a little bit deeper and you start to stop feeling like you're selling and more that you're exploring every asset and facet of your business so would you suggest that these content pillars that people should do videos or um, blogs how how do they go about it so the content pillars would be more things like um, if, if we take an example of a restaurant that sells burgers, we'll say uh, what's on is a content pillar, like what's happening in the restaurant today. 
we could have um, influencers. If influencers are an important part of your strategy, that would be a second content pillar. So you make sure you're getting in some shares from important influencers that you want to connect with. You could have the menu as an important uh, content pillar. And you could have partnerships as an important content pillar. So that would be, if you've decided that those are the four most important things to you, I'd then develop content within each of those headers. So yeah, that could include video. So if it's a partnerships, if you want to do a video for partnerships, you think of one of your suppliers, say you're working with Beyond Burgers to provide for your vegan burger, and you do a cook-up of the burger video, and then you get that out there, then you tag Beyond Burger, that's the partnership post done. Um yeah, blog content is hugely important for, for driving traffic to the site as well as just engaging your audience. Whenever I run a blog piece um, and I post that up on LinkedIn, that's the thing that drives traffic to my website for sure. Um, and we have we have a quite a clear um, sort of um, chain of reactions or, or funnel, if you like, um, of behaviour that we're trying to encourage from the people that we want to talk to. And one of those things is driving them to our site, um, getting that user pixel to then retarget with a relevant advertising. So all of these things come into a strategy um, overall. But yeah, your content, within your content pillars, it can be anything. Yeah, I think this is one of the problems that all these platforms want you to be native. So you upload a video natively you shouldn't link to your blog and then I find after a while god I'm not linking to anywhere you know I'm trying to be true to this platform but in the process I haven't directed people to my blog do you find that that matters or not well it matters if it's not working for you for sure if something Mm. isn't working if you're not having the desired effect then let's look at what's what's going on for that so it's i would say that play that that the the idea of it being the platform's algorithms only really gets you so far uh, in terms of it's not uh, of something not performing um so we will change up our approach whether that's using really we might test using really long copy in a post getting people to open that and click through and, and read that content and then see where they click click through to. Um, we might then test really short copy and see what happens. We do reporting um, on each account. Now, the thing is, I'm, I'm going into a lot of detail here about what we do with clients because we run this as a service. Um, mm. and so this is all really important for us to deliver a good service. If we need to make sure that our content performs. As an individual running this on your own channel, because I know that that story too, having run my own socials, which always get put down to the back of the to-do list. That's another thing that people come to me with. If it's an individual, the main thing is that it drops off the to-do list. So it's hard to do those sorts of reports and testing and looking at for your own, but I really would encourage it um, and to kind of try and make a note of what does work and if something isn't working change it up for sure how much should people be posting do you think what's the minimum they should be doing well it's like i said it depends on the brand and the product product on the brand mm-hmm. 
but we go in as a standard every other day on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook with three stories a week and two tweets a day. But I hate to say something so specific and prescribed because I would much rather talk to somebody about what their product is because it could be a lot more than that. Um, or it could be a lot less. It depends on the content, you know, if you've got, and it depends if you've got ad budget to put behind that. But I would say if you want to, if you really want to number that, that that would be my kind of go-to. Yeah, it can be very stressful for people trying to manage their yeah. business, social media yeah. and the whole works and knowing what to focus on and how much attention to give things. Yeah, it can be quite quite a big deal I think oh I agree it's so stressful for people but yeah so every other day I would say is is a good number to aim for uh, or a good sort of uh, distance but I would also say to people to try not to overthink it too um once you start doing it it becomes easier um developing the habit uh of it um it is a job. It is just an. It is an extra job of of your promotions, but if you can outsource it, I also think do. And I mean that is what we do. I'm not just trying to sell our services. Um, working with a with with somebody who's got the passion for social, um, or or a passion for creative or copywriting. If you can bring somebody in to manage it for you, it does become a lot easier because it's very hard to do that. We're talking individuals and personal brands here more. It is, it's so common that it just gets dropped off the end of the to-do list and it's sort of surrounded by a lot more, a few more, a lot more gremlins around confidence and, and, and things like this. And you get someone in to help you. It's just an absolute lifesaver. (laughs) <laughs> so that's interesting you're saying personal brands so if somebody's got a business a, a different name you would promote their personal brand would you rather than the business no no I'm saying it's harder for pers- for, for individuals it's I see harder um to typically you know no I'm just making a generalization but I found that people are like oh I just you know it's difficult to big yourself up sometimes, but it, it shouldn't be, you know, the, you, everyone should be proud of themselves and, you know, all this stuff, but it's hard. It's hard for people to do. I know that we, I mean, I did partly grow up with social media, um, but a lot of people didn't. It's very new and it's sort of, it can be an uncomfortable space for people, but there's so many ways of using it once you start doing it, you'll realize what you like, whether it's blogs, whether it's video, whether you like to just do a voice note and put that behind an image, you know, finding out what you like to, how you like to communicate is, is something that you can work out once you start. Yeah. So if somebody has a business and a personal brand, what, which do you tend to focus on? Because they say that people follow other people on yeah. social media. They don't follow logos. So how do you square that up with people? Well, we work with ver- we work with mainly brands at the moment. Mm-hmm. We don't work with any on any personal accounts. Um, if um, lots of personal pro- people people have come to me asking for help with their personal profiles 
recently. Um, mm -hmm. And 100%, if we to look at LinkedIn, for example, 100%, your LinkedIn personal posts are going to probably outperform your business page posts because mm -hmm. you connect with the brand. And I run the, I run training um, programs specifically for hospitality. Um, they're called the reset menus and they are three courses and I've been running the test runs of those recently and I asked the group what posts get the most engagement and it was when it was featuring the owner or the um actually they were all owners so yeah they're featuring the owner because people are interested in the personal story and also you have when you talk to someone about your brand you sell it and people buy into you but it doesn't mean that your brand doesn't want to be um magnified and driven if you want to sell your business in if you've got an exit strategy i'm going to start using the wrong words but um if you want to sell your business the bigger your instagram social media following is the you know that's going to have a really positive impact hmm. we work with brands predominantly um but yeah so it's again that's a not straightforward answer to your question <laughs> no I, th I think it makes sense that you're promoting the brand but you will bring in the owner the founder mm. to add interest mm. on their profiles mm. and so thank you very much kitty so mm. one last question is which brand do you particularly admire and why well patagonia always comes up they are really <laughs> I mean, they come up all the time. I sort of want to think of a better answer to that. I mean, I love some of the branding we've done, but I can't do that. Can't do that. Um, Patagonia are amazing. I think that they've got it just bang on. Um, I think they're funny, serious. I think they've got great products. I think that that they are awesome. <laughs> do they do social media well? Oh my god, yeah, so well. Um, I think he does uh, social media. My favorite accounts on social media, specifically at the moment, is Oatly. They are hilarious. They're just so interesting. They put up photo, they put pictures up, and then the copy. It's all about the copy for me with Oatly. There, the, it goes throughout their entire branding, but looking specifically at their social media, it's just just wonderful. And it's really important for me to just express on here that. There is so much creativity and, and opportunity on social that's not just around um, selling or um, big numbers or um, kind of those things that people feel the pressure on to deliver. Just keep in your own what works for you, what you like, what's on your brand, what does your brand want to say. Don't worry about comparing what you're doing to other people. It is important to make sure that you're going to get seen and that you're going to make sales and that it feeds into your overall business strategy. But I think the best performing socials and the most interesting are when it's unique and it speaks exactly to what your what your um, business is doing. Great. Well, thank you very much, Kitty, for for this. It's good to know that you take the pressure off people and just look after their whole social media so yeah, we would happily do that <laughs> great thank you thank bye you. right now i'm rethinking the podcast so i'd love any feedback you could send me what do you like or dislike about the podcast 
do let me know. Just send an email to info at asrights.com or you can message me on most social media platforms. I would love to know who is listening to this podcast. So send me a message on LinkedIn and let me know if you're a listener from the podcast. I'd love to connect. In next Friday's episode of, yeah, that's episode 27 already, I'm interviewing Jeff J. Hunter, who helps entrepreneurs with their personal branding. He also has a VA agency, so people can cost-effectively manage their social media and other work.